The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Go get a cup of coffee in here, please. Good coffee and hot. Well, well, where are we? Good morning, folks. It's Tuesday, March 8th, 2022. Uh, good day to be alive. I'm looking a little dark. How come I'm so dark? I'm a dark man in a dark place at a dark time in history. Uh, good morning. Not a whole lot different going on in the world than there was yesterday pretty much the same same shit different day but glad to be alive and uh glad to have you here with me hope you're having a great day wherever you are um i believe the middle of america is about to get um hit hard again with some uh winter weather and uh sorry about that i really am (laughs) I feel bad that spring uh, is not getting here for some people. It definitely feels like it's arrived here in New York. Uh, what do we have today? Um, just trying to get a quick gauge on the temperature today. It's not that warm, I can, but it's sunny and feeling like spring. A little brisk. Um, so right now we have 41, probably going to get a high of about 50 today. Not bad. Not bad. Spring-like for here anyway i hope it's a beautiful day where you are let's see what's uh going on in the world well you know what something is trending on twitter and i don't know why atheism atheists are trending uh apparently a big subject right now on twitter atheism what's going on uh why is that trending well not exactly sure why it's trending um I I know it is, and there's a lot of people talking about it in terms of morals and um, claiming that people who are atheists are uh, often, this is like the gist of a lot of these tweets about atheism here, people who are atheists are often more morally uh, aligned and ethically aligned than uh, religious folks. I think that's probably some truth to that i know i have uh we've seen that evidence of that here when we had dave the prophet on and there was a guy haven't heard from that guy for a while now the guy who was uh, looking for money (laughs) but he was claiming to be sick and needed some money didn't have money for food or anything and it was all the atheists and me (laughs) i don't know where i fall in on all this stuff but um the people who were atheists were the first um, to contribute to give that guy some money to get some food and get to the doctor, get gas money to get to the doctor, get gas money to get to his uh, prescription pickup and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we've seen some evidence in that. I don't know how true it is. It's kind of, it's dumb to kind of generalize like that. 
there are good people and bad people, religious or non-religious, I think. Uh, and I don't think you can necessarily make a determination on somebody's morals or ethics based on simply whether they're religious or not, have a faith or belief in a God or creator or any of that kind of stuff. But that's what's trending on Twitter and some pretty strong opinions about it. Uh, the war, the stuff in Ukraine and Russia obviously still going on. Evacuations began, uh, Ukrainian cities, but Russia is attacking humanitarian corridor. Uh, and there's some people trying to escape Ukraine, trying to get out, trying desperately to get out. Some heartbreaking video coming out of there. Uh, of course, that's meant to to kind of cause a reaction, but man, it's some of it is so hard to watch. Little kids who've lost their parents and stuff like that. Really difficult to watch. Anyway, Today at the 10 o'clock hour, Carol Johnson, comedian from California, San Diego, California, will be with me. Uh, I don't, is it San Diego or is she up north? I think she's in San Diego. Not positive about that, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out by the time she gets here. Um, at 930, uh, Kiara will be with me with the happy minute. We'll pursue that some more. Yesterday was the debut of that. Seemed to went well. It was fun. Um, and, um, that seems to be, uh, the state of where we're at today. Um, hashtag today, mind dog TV, hashtag mind dog TV. I should put that in the banner here. Let's see if we can create one of those really quick. Hashtag mind dog TV, uh, put that in there and, uh, there you go. Mind dog TV, put it in there just like that in the chat and, uh, we'll be uh, seeing if we get another winner. Yesterday, Cat was the big winner of <laughs> the hashtag giveaway, uh, which was simply just a the latest Rockin' 45 CD, Living in the Moment. Uh, we're just testing this stuff out, looking for some really cool prizes last night and, and kind of investigating on the web some cool giveaways and things that we could um, do to make things a little more entertaining around here. Um, finding lots of stuff out. What kind of things are people interested in? T-shirts, obviously. People always love T-shirts. Hats, mugs, what do you like? Let me know. Don't seem to have a whole lot of uh, people in the chat today, this morning. Very uh, kind of a slow day, I guess. People slow in uh, waking up and getting around to it. Anyway, uh, what's the weather like where you are? What's what's your situation like you are? You're, you're loving the world. You're... Yeah, happy with the world. There's only five days left to standard time here in uh, in the U.S. And then we go back to daylight savings time. Uh, Sunday night, turn the, what is the clock. Spring ahead, right? So looking forward to that. More daylight, more sunshine, more uh, happiness. Good morning, Chad. Uh, good to see you there. Good morning, Kevin. Also, uh, good to see you here. Hashtag Mind Dog TV. If you're going to uh, help out with the testing of the uh, contest apparatus, hashtag giveaways. Uh, and we're looking at what are you interested in? Obviously, um, there are no brainer type of giveaways. I want to know what you're interested in. 
what would what would really get you excited about a giveaway? Enough to tell your friends, hey, you got to be on Coffee with the Dog. They're giving away this, that, and the other thing. Whatever it is, let me know what, what it is that you would uh, really get psyched about. And I'm looking into um, promotional items and buying stuff in bulk for giveaways and that kind of stuff. We are looking at um, vacation packages that... Uh, probably start giving away one a week uh weekend type vacation packages starting in the middle of april looking forward to that uh as i mentioned carol johnson uh will be with me at the 10 o'clock hour carol is uh not a kid not a kid but she's two years into her comedy career uh she's from san uh san diego california and somebody who's my age around my age and so, but just starting out in the comedy world now, it's been in the business world for a long time, but working pretty hard to establish herself. She's uh, uh, known as the goddess of humor. She's been uh, uh, appeared at Comic Strip Live in New York City, Flappers, WWC Comedy, Sauce in the City, and more. So um, it should be an interesting conversation. Um, that's at the 10 o'clock hour here in New York. She's in California, so 7 a.m. Whereas, and God bless her, getting up at 7 a.m. to do this show. Good for her. I'm at least under the impression, because I put it on my schedule, and John has asked me to put it on my schedule, that I would be on Dystopia Tonight with John Pavaramo. He even sent me uh, the promo image uh, that he did for it for tonight's show. But I just saw that he has a different guest uh, featured for tonight, or at least advertised for tonight. I just saw that on Facebook, so I'm a little confused. I'm not sure I will actually be on Dystopia tonight uh, with John and uh, Tom. We'll get it sorted out sometime during the day, I guess. A little confusing for me, though. Um, Anyway, looking at the schedule here, um, and it does definitely seem like, uh, there was a mix up somewhere along the line. So I don't have a show tonight. I've actually canceled my show for tonight. Um, because I was planning on being on dystopia tonight. No, that might not happen. Um, tomorrow, Jackie Martling will be with me again. And, uh, should be interesting. Jackie's always a, a fun talk. Uh, and, um, tomorrow night I have Dr. Uh, Elizabeth Muth. And Freddie Zentori Weaver. And the subject of the program will be uh, sexual enlightenment, sexual health, sexual, increase your sexual um, health and and, uh, improve your sexual relationships. Dr. Elizabeth Muth and Freddie Zentori Weaver, the art of. the Art of Living um, is the name of their website, and uh, they will be with me tomorrow night. We'll talk about um, couples and singles creating lasting intimacy and fulfillment in their relationships. They're, uh, they are featured on Showtime's documentary series, Sexual Healing, and the Emmy Award-winning NBC show star- Starting Over. Uh, they're best-selling authors of Sexual Enlightenment, Enlightenment endorsed by a world-renowned spiritual pioneer, Dr. Michael Beckwith. So that should be a, an interesting program tomorrow night. Um, 
last night, I had uh, Dr. Lynn Salion, who's doctor of burlesque. Eye-opener for me. Are you are you familiar with burlesque? Is burlesque a big thing? Do you follow burlesque? Are you, I was kind of surprised, actually, uh, to find out how how popular um, burlesque is right now in America and, and how many places are actually featuring it. And I, I my impression was it was maybe one or two at most, one or two uh, theaters that were still featuring burlesque. I was thinking of it more as a very antiquated art form, but had my eyes open by the discussion last night in a pretty serious way. I did not know that burlesque, burlesque was still a big thing. Are you, are you a fan of burlesque? Have you seen any uh, modern burlesque shows? Um, and uh, if so, let me know your thoughts about it. I'm just curious about that. Um, it's very, very surprising to me that's, that that stuff still goes on because I remember... I'm old enough to remember. I love that phrase. Old enough to remember when uh, burlesque was the pornography. It it was viewed as pornography. It was because there were no, there was no real pornography when I was a kid. (laughs) To say that, Uh, Playboy magazine. uh, I don't even think they had nude centerfolds at the time when I was a very young child. So we used to read about ads for burlesque shows in the back of the Daily News or the tabloids in New York. On the very last couple of pages, they'd have ads for it. And the ads were sometimes um, seen as, like, dirty, too dirty for burlesque. And that evolved into titty bars. Titty bars. Uh but it's you know burlesque was always different. It was always more of a show than what evolved into titty bars. But that's where titty bars came from, and then of course pornography came from that. But so I was surprised that burlesque still happens, and that people would still be interested in like striptease shows and stuff like that because we've gone to the place now where nothing. There's nothing left to the imagination at all. I mean, you know, pornography right now is so, I don't know what the word I would look for. It's just so over the top, um, anything goes, that there's absolutely nothing left to mystery. So it, it surprises me that people would still be interested in something. I think, and I said this last night on the program, Burlesque is almost, it started out as, again, my lifetime, was just taboo, uh, pornography-like. And now, it's almost conservative. It's almost like a family, (laughs) which is crazy. It's almost like family entertainment. It's almost like what Disney set out to be, uh, thought of as like almost wholesome because it's, it's a throwback to, and they don't really... Listen, they put paste. There's no real nudity uh, in there. It's just a, a tease. So, anyway, just curious about that. Chad says, my ex used to do burlesque shows. It was more theater than the strip show. Yeah, that's 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 the way I look at it. Uh, but um, I'm surprising that there would still be interest in that because uh, 
things are so over the top right now that, you know, it's kind of like non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> That's a dumb analogy. Or non-alcoholic alcohol, whatever it is. It's it's like, I don't know, the, the vice without the payoff. I don't know. Am I explaining that right? Probably not. I'll move on from the real stuff. But last night with Dr. Lindsay, I suggest you check that out if you're at all interested in that kind of stuff. Uh, we have a very slow morning here. I don't, I'm not really feeling it this morning, Tuesday morning. Uh, I am looking forward to spring. Uh, and the constant, um, the constant state of, of news is a bummer and it, it, it just kind of the older you get the more maybe it's just me maybe it's just a cranky old man but the older you get uh the older i get the harder it is to kind of wake up every morning and even care about what's going on in the world and that's a terrible place to be the way you don't even care about it but this and this thing in ukraine and with russia and all that, that's only less than two weeks old now but I'm already like fatigued by it every day. It, it doesn't seem, and um, there were a lot of people, and still are a lot of people, thinking this thing is going to be over with quickly, and just a you know, like we thought COVID would go away quickly, and here we are a couple of years later. You don't hear a lot about it in the news lately. Yesterday, Craig mentioned that we're going to come up on a million deaths soon. Um, I don't know. How true that is! How soon that? How soon we're looking at that? But it doesn't seem like COVID is ap- absolutely gone. It's just out of the news cycle, out of the news uh, narrative for now, because everything is war, 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 and atheism. <laughs> I don't know what triggered the atheist stuff that is uh, trending. It's trending on a lot of not just Twitter. It's on, uh, it's on Facebook, and I saw some stuff on. Um, what was it, TikTok this morning or Instagram? One of those. Um, J.K. Rowling must have said something that has gotten her in trouble. She's trending again. I don't want to probably, uh, I don't want to assume what that is anyway. Um, but the news cycle is not changing. Every day it's the same stuff, which is why I'm looking forward to Kiara with a, a happy minute. Happy news. News that won't bring you down. Um. I don't think there's enough of that. Look what's going on there. Um, you know, the world of Donald Trump is all constantly, uh, oh, Chad says Putin thought that too, thought it would be uh, over quick. Yeah, um, maybe. Maybe it's just fucking crazy. It's hard to know. Somebody asked me, could they call me this? I was going to start uh about the Trump thing, but since you brought up Putin, somebody a- asked me, uh, "What's his end game? What is he? What is he thinking? Is he just a madman?" And if you base your thinking on the news that's be- being presented to us, that's really the only conclusion that you can come up with. But, uh, and I say this, but, and I'm not. I'm not getting conspiratorial here. That leads to the, me to believe that, you know what, if he was that 
freaking crazy as the news is portraying him to be because there really doesn't seem any logical end game for him or or his country in this whole thing. Maybe the news isn't telling us the, the, the whole truth about this stuff. And, you know, I hate to be conspiratorial like that. I hate to think, and that's not such, it's not like I have a conspiracy theory. I don't know what's really going on. But I do know that when things don't add up, you have to start asking some some tougher questions. Why, you know, and Michael Hilliard was on Dystopia and uh, tonight, yes, was it yesterday or the day before? And they were asking him about, the, uh, and, and, you know, Michael's the guy who I value his opinion greatly, but ask him about Putin's intent here. And Michael's of the idea that, you know what, nobody really wants nuclear war. Nobody really wants war. Putin just wants to be assured. This is Michael's contention and not necessarily my words, but um, just wants to be assured that NATO isn't going to align with Ukraine and try to take more real estate back from, from Russia. You know, Ukraine was all from the former Soviet Union. Uh, I don't think that's a real concern, though. I really don't think that. I don't think Ukraine is hungry for more land grab. They already have sections of their country that are very pro-Russia. People uh, speak Russian there, and their culture is very Russian. Um, so I think that that would be a, a paranoia if that's what's really going through his mind. But Michael doesn't seem to think that. Uh, any threat of nuclear proliferation is real. Like, it's just talk. Kind of very ballsy and, and careless kind of talk and not something you really... That's uh, something that <laughs> that you want from a, a leader, <laughs> a world leader, uh, that kind of stuff going on. And... Um, Speaking of that, I was going about just about to talk to, about uh, what's going on with Trump now. Trump is still being like really, really uh, careless in the, some of the stuff he says, uh, and that wouldn't matter so much if the party didn't want to placate him. It is. It's still. Don't get me wrong. It's still troubling that the former president of the United States would be talking like a uh, like a teenager in high school about uh, we're going to sneak attack them and all this, all the kind of things that he's suggesting. Uh, but it's even worse that he's still seen as the head of the party and people are so willing to follow him. The, the people in his party are still willing to follow him and toe that line. So you have sitting senators now acting like teenage boys. Yeah, we should scrape off the USA logos on the jets and paint China flags on them and go ball. Crazy, man. Crazy talk. And it's like, you know what? I don't know if it's serious or it's just like um, testosterone talking or what it is. It doesn't make any sense, but you have to think you're underestimating the entire, oh, the convoy got bombed. 
I wonder who did it. Well, the Jets had Chinese flags on the side. Give me a friggin' break, man. You think the whole world is that stupid? They're going to fall for that? It's, it's it's just bizarre, the kind of thinking that goes into this stuff. And dangerous and irresponsible and stupid and whatever it is, it is. But not good. That's all I'll say about it. Not good. Somebody needs to just sew his lips together. <laughs> uh, maybe they should sew my lips together. I'm about ready for that, actually. Um I don't know anything about that. I was just, Peggy Hill is trending. Viral tweet prompts discussion about Peggy Hill, a character from the Fox animated series King of the Hill. Hank Hill's wife, I guess, right? Um, I don't know what caused that. You know, you, you see shit trending, and you always wonder, like, what the hell gets this shit started? Uh, and it only takes, it's like a snowball. It only takes a few to start uh, a trend going on Twitter and all of a sudden like oh, I'm wondering now this is conspiratorial this, is, is there a I'd love to find out people who work for Twitter I, I think I have a friend who knows uh, somebody who's a uh, pretty high up manager in Twitter not beyond middle management above middle management just wondering if there's a division of people within the organization at Twitter who are responsible for dreaming up what should be uh, um, trending and kind of pushing trends on people because some of the stuff doesn't make sense. J.K. Rowling receives criticism for her March comments on Scottish government's plans to uh, reform gender recognition laws. That's an interesting stuff. Gender recognition laws. And what are the, uh, I don't know about this, the Scottish government's uh, efforts to uh, change or, or reform uh, gender recognition laws. Uh, what are they trying to say? That, you know, um, gender recognition laws to put on the law that you have to, I don't know. I, I gotta. I gotta read up on it. What could it? Uh, what could the? What could gender recognition laws actually entail? That you actually have to know before. Before somebody actually informs you, what they would like to be called as far as their pronouns or any of that kind of stuff. Um, that's a little presumptuous. I mean, I'm okay with with the pronoun stuff, and I don't know what your where you fall on that, but I'm okay with all the pronoun stuff. But you have to be informed. You can't just uh, be expected to know uh, what these things are. And I think if, if you try to legislate that stuff, that's a kind of a, a, that's a tough, slippery slope. Uh, leg legislating gender recognition, like telling people what they, that they have to recognize this is I think you have a right to be a uh, transphobic or homophobic yeah, you have a right to do that you don't have a right to take action against people uh, based on their sexual orientation gender 
identification, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but you, you do have to respect it, but you, you can't take action against it. But you can't legislate. Can't legislate hate. You can't say you're not allowed to hate. Hate is against the law. How do you how do you legislate that? It's just that doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know. It's just it's very it's a slippery slope because uh, hate is something that's in your mind and in your heart. How do you legislate that? And how do you enforce that? Well, we we've identified you as a hater. Now we're going to charge you with hate. Uh, uh, I don't know. I have to read the specifics of the bill, obviously, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, the beautiful and lovely and talented Kiara is here for uh, a happy minute, which is just in time because I need some happy, happy minute right now. Uh, let's uh, bring her in right at this. Well, there we are. How are you? Wow, you back up. A Hi. Bit. Back Good up. Morning. Good morning. Get... <laughs> okay. Hey, How's that? You... Yeah, good. Okay. What do you have? A uh, a your kids on a pillow over there? You know, I don't know what you could see over here. I'm trying to hide things. What is that? Yeah. No. <laughs> but that looks like a pillow with with the kids' picture on. Wow. It is. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> Anyway, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. I'm hurt. Yeah. I'm hurt. Yeah. I've um, got some some uh, body issues going on. Feel beat oh. up. Oh. Bad shoulder, bad leg. Oh Called my gosh. Getting old. <laughs> Where's your dad? He's in Florida. He's in Florida. He's old, like me. That's why I'm asking. How's he doing? Uh, living the life. Good for him. Probably uh, watching right now. Hi, Dad. Really? Really? Hey, I think Frank. so. <laughs> uh, so you got some. Uh, first of all, uh, you didn't follow up with that fart lady, did you? I did. You did? Yeah. Um, what, you got me her phone number? I'll call her right now. Yeah. She you wants to her? date you. Yeah. Right. She wants to go on a date. <laughs> uh, I'm. Uh, I'm spoken for. Uh, <laughs> no, right, I, so- I. I found her website. Friends, Web, she's got- yeah, friends, uh, friends of Asheville's recreational. Oh, don't don't quote me right now. I'll find it. Okay. I'll send you the link. All right, yeah, send me the link. I will definitely, uh, if I can, follow up with it. See if I can get her on the air and call her and, and talk to her about this whole fart business. I would uh, love to to speak to her and become a member of Fart. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a ready. Full, a full fledged fart member. Uh, <laughs> What do you got for us today? Well, I've got a couple, but I'll choose one. Um, yesterday, an Indiana boy was rescued after getting stuck in a tree rescuing a cat. So <laughs> let's read from that. Um, in Indianapolis, Indianapolis, excuse me, a teenager who scaled a tree at an Indianapolis park to rescue a cat he spotted high up in the branches ended up stuck himself for two hours and in need of a rescue, officials said. <laughs> Uh, the fire department came. They had to get him down. It was a little embarrassing for him and the cat. So, how old was the guy? The kid? Seventeen. Seventeen. He should know better than that. He climbed oh. thirty-five feet up the tree. So, how embarrassing! I was thinking it was a little kid because a little kid you could understand that. Seventeen <laughs> right. years old, you should know better. Right. What was he thinking? 
<laughs> he must have been high. That's Probably. Literally. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> um, did they save the cat? Does it say, did they get the. You know, uh, the cat fell to its death. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> the cat's fine. <laughs> well, we don't want to follow up with that story. Well, no. that's, you know, kids these days. Uh, and obviously, um, your kids are are too young, but um, are you, when they become teenagers, are you optimistic about uh, the teen being a parent when when your kids get to the teen years? No, because I I don't throw. You know what? I did a lot worse at seventeen and then tried to climb a tree to to save a cat. But that is pretty stupid. <laughs> teenagers just do the stupidest things. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So, I mean, he had, well, he had the best interests in mind, I guess. Well, you got uh, you got about ten years before you start having to worry about that stuff, or so ten. 10 I don't think so. Oh. I don't think so. I think kids are maturing faster, and my seven-year-old's got a the mind and mouth and of a yeah. thirty-five-year-old woman. So seven already. That, that, <laughs> yeah. Now that that's pretty quick because it doesn't seem like there was seven and men. Time flies because they were. Just it does. Eight. They were babies not that long ago. They were anyway. babies and cute, and now they're talking back, and I don't know what to do. How's I'm Matt? gonna climb a tree. Matt How's is Matt? uh he's he's good. He's good. Because he's, he's old. He's old like me. Is he getting broken down like me? No, and I don't know the secret. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> the guy could eat the three hamburgers, seven meatballs, rice, pasta. He doesn't gain gain a pound and. Wow. You know, I go out with you guys, do the gigs and, and eat a nice meal at, at the Gotcha Doro and gain fifty five pounds in a night. I don't know. Fifty five, eh? <laughs> no. Uh yeah. Speaking of that, I, I did uh ask Fred for some dates and hopefully he'll get back to me today and I'll I'll get back to you. Oh perfect. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I gotta start booking some stuff because Mikey's being really lazy. Anyway, yeah. uh, I I'll let you go now. You're gonna be back in a, in an hour. I have a comedian, Carol Long, who's uh, Carol. I forgot what Carol Johnson. Oh. <laughs> her, real, her real name is Long, but she's her stage name is Carol Johnson. She's from California. She'll be with me uh, in about a half hour. So uh, we look forward to seeing you in, in an hour. Back okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, hold on. Let me do. Let me do this officially. Uh, if this works. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that works. Uh, I got to trim down that that little uh, piece there. It's a, a little too long, but um, appreciate that. Anyway, hashtag Mind Dog. We're giving away another uh, Rockin' 45 CD today. Unless uh, Cat shows up and happens to win again, and then we'll have to probably substitute another prize. Her CD went out in the mail yesterday. Did finally uh, get... <laughs> The guitar that we auctioned off during the uh, potathon, finally, two months later, two whole months, almost two months uh, since then. Man, I still feel burnt out by it. Two months later, uh, finally got the guitar sent off. Now, yesterday I was doing trying to figure out how to ship this stuff to Joe Andrews out in Oregon, 
and going online looking for the best way to ship stuff. And I signed up with this um, Shipley that gets you quotes based on the size and weight and the package and all that stuff. I'm getting ridiculous quotes. The lowest one I got was $709 to ship the guitar to Oregon. I was like, you know what? I might as well buy a plane ticket and fly it out there myself. Because I could get a round-trip ticket a lot less than $709 or whatever it was. Good morning, Kat. Good to see you here. Uh, so, um, but then somebody said, go to FedEx. They have an online shipping thing where you can, uh, and they say guitars are normally around $150 to ship for a cross country. So I did that, ended up finally getting it shipped off yesterday, uh, almost two months later. Uh, but fun, I'm glad to get that off the plate anyway. Uh, and uh, the price ended up being $109, not $709, which was the lowest price I got from Tripoli. So uh, moral of the story here, <laughs> you know, this is a good extortion attempt at getting some sponsorship from a major company like FedEx. Go with FedEx, folks. <laughs> Don't go with companies like Shipley that get you shipping quotes from independent shippers that are just astronomically off the charts. If you're going to ship anything, might as well go with something like uh, good old FedEx or UPS or, but we'll stick with FedEx for now just because I'm going to send them this clip and hopefully we can recruit them as a sponsor. Uh, sponsorships, we are looking to uh, very uh, diligently at trying to get some sponsorship for the, uh, the happy minute with Kiara segments. Um, in about 23, 23 and a half minutes, 22 and a half minutes, uh, Carol Johnson, comedian from San Diego, California, will be with me. And we're going to be uh, discussing getting into comedy this late in life. I think, I think she's my age. I think she's actually my age and began her comedy career two years ago as a single lady, uh, again, in, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how to uh, phrase it because for me, it feels like old age. <laughs> I don't want to say old age, though. It's not polite to say that about a woman. But uh, my, I feel like my age is old age. What do you say? What do you call it? Um, anyway, good to have you here this morning. I uh, hope you are uh, having a good day wherever you are. What's new in your world? You want to tell me about what's happening? I'm going to open up the phone lines. Not that anybody ever calls these phone lines. I just don't keep on opening them up. It's been a while since I've heard from people like uh, Colonel Mike or even Mike Zinn call, calling in for a while. So just curious. Uh, you could put in the hashtag, hashtag MindDogTV uh, for the contest thing today if you want to. Uh, Get in on the game. Again, looking for some cool promotional items to give away, cool prizes and stuff, and just interested in what would what would really excite you as far as um, prizes, stuff to give away that you would be so excited that you'd have to tell your friends, you got to get on the dog show because tomorrow they're giving away whatever it is. Tell me what it is that would really... Uh, Really pick your interest, get you excited, get make you an evangelist for the show, telling your friends you got to be there. Um, not much more than that going on. 
I've just been looking for promotional stuff. Now, some of the stuff I've uh, come, you know, typical stuff, hats, T-shirts, all that kind of stuff. T-shirts, speaking of T-shirts, uh, minddogtv.com slash store. I believe it's slash store. Is it store? Uh, the merch is there if you're interested in the Mind Dog merch. We also have uh, merch for the Potathon stuff there on, on the site as well. Um, let's see. Let's pull that out. Pull that dumb thing out. Pull the brand out. There you go. Uh, wait, we got some. A box was stolen out of a truck in Denver. It belonged to a medical supply and research team. The box was full of human heads. I can't imagine the shock when the thieves opened it. Wow. Um, first of all, human heads. A box full of human heads. Um. I don't even know where to where to begin with that. It could. It's not just a box for. It's not like a cardboard box and you got heads. <laughs> I mean that's. Uh, medical supply and research firm, but they just don't sever heads and put them in boxes. Um, now I'm not doubting that this story is true. I'm just. It's not just a simple box. It wouldn't be like a cardboard box you just open up. It would have to be a heavy-duty road case type box with compartments in it, and it has to have some refrigeration attached to it or something to keep it from rotting and stinking. And I've never... I've and been in the medical research field for a long time. Never seen a severed head in all the autopsy. And I must have been in no exaggeration. I would say over three thousand. I was going to say four thousand. Over three thousand autopsies. Never once saw a condition where a head was removed completely removed from a body. But I can't imagine. Uh, having several heads in a box. It's just, um, that's a, a very unusual story, but I think there's more to it than that. Where do we, where do we find out more than that? Uh, I'm going to Google that heads, heads in a box in Denver. <laughs> I, I got to find out more about this box of human heads stolen in Denver. Uh, let's see here. Thanks for the story, Chad. A uh, box of human heads intended for scientific research was stolen from a medical truck on Denver in Denver Thursday. I guess Thursday of last week is this? Uh, yeah, th- last Thursday. Someone broke into the park truck in broad daylight and stole a box of human remains along with a dolly, according to uh, KVDR. The macabre crime happened in Denver's leafy Central Park neighborhood. Leafy? I never heard of a a neighborhood uh, described as leafy. The situation was pretty shocking. Resident Isaac Fields told the station. Um, Why? Unless he was there to see the box open. Why was it pretty shocking? It's just a crime. Uh, I guess I don't see too many strange things happening around here usually, but you, you never know, said Fields, who was walking his dog. Wow, I would have been terrified. The missing blue and white box and its decapitated contents were reportedly connected to Science Care, a body donation to science program that helps future generations to improve scientific research. That's all there is on it. I got to think that, that there's more to this story. 
I want to see a picture of it. <laughs> I don't want to see the heads. So I don't want to see the gore, but I want to see the box that it came from, and because it just doesn't doesn't seem to make sense. Um, if someone were to find a box containing human heads discarded or abandoned, so, oh, so it's so they ha- they haven't caught the people. Wait a second, let's read this whole story. Uh, sources told Fox Thirty One in Denver that the box was about twenty by fifteen by eighteen inches, with Science Care written on the side. Science Care is a program for di- donating bodies to science to help improve scientific research and education. News outlet noted the company did not immediately respond to a request for comment. As of Sunday, no arrests have been made. Investigators were working to gather more information to identify the suspects and recover the stolen items. Anyone with information about the theft of those involved is asked to contact Metro Denver Crime Stoppers at 720-913-STOP. Tips can be submitted anonymously, police said. If someone to find a box containing human heads, discarded or abandoned, <laughs> have someone to find a box of human heads. Oh, my God. Authorities encourage individuals to immediately call the Denver Police Department. That's just so strange, man. There's a video here. Is there any kind of picture of what this box might look like? Uh, I got to sit through an ad before I get there. Just really weird shit, man. Uh, I got to see what this box, because it could not have been just a cardboard box. It's got to be, it's not, it's got to be. It's got to have some refrigeration in it. It has to. You can some throw a bag of ice in a cooler. Uh, there's no pictures of this. Gotta, there has to be more on this dumb story. <laughs> it's an interesting story, but it's a dumb story. Colorado police investigating a box after human head stolen. After box of human head stolen. There's a picture of the neighborhood. A picture of a guy. But no picture of the box. Well, I guess they wouldn't have the box because the box got stolen. And nobody took a picture. Nobody thought to take a picture of it thinking it might get stolen. We need to have a picture on file of this box in case it gets stolen. But, man, what a weird world we live in. Well, again, I don't... uh, uh, Being in pathology and in medical research, I've never seen... A decapitated head. I've seen bodies cut over. You know, I've seen the goriest of gore in uh, autopsies. Never once. I've seen a penis cut off. <laughs> a penis de-tipitized, de- decapitated, de-el-capoed. Um, I've never seen a human body without a head or seen any reason to cut the head off in an autopsy and i imagine uh, again it's i'm just supposing here guessing but i would think that the decapitation happened before uh or or naturally uh, it didn't happen in autopsy like somebody was got killed and got their head chopped off somehow and somebody recovered the head. That's the only way I could think of it because, I, again, I can't see, I can't picture any scenario where a forensic pathologist or, or any kind of pathologist, I'm just doing an autopsy, would say, well, we need to, 
we need to cut the head off and just study from the neck up and put them in a box and more than one, which is even more curious, like more than one head. Good find, Chad, but uh, now I am really, really curious to get to the bottom of the story. <laughs> I should get, uh, now that's not a happy minute though. I was going to say I should get Kiara on this one to see if she could follow up on that. But that's not particularly a happy story. I want to try to keep the happy minute a little more silly. And and I don't, not, the kid up the tree was not necessarily a happy story either. But uh, happier than heads in a box. Um, Anyway, that's where we are. We're waiting for uh, Carol Long here. It's coffee time. Uh, they practice plastic surgery on uh, decapitated heads. thought I read that in a book called Stiff. Um, that would be difficult. Because a head that has been decapitated, if it's not, first of all, it's got to be sealed off because uh, the blood just rushes out. I mean, so it would have to be sealed at the neck. I'm just uh, just trying to imagine this, like a, a decapitated, again, I, I've never seen a decapitated head ever, but... I can't imagine if it happened naturally, they would have enough time to um, secure it without all the blood rushing out, without all the vital, you know, brain, sand attack, all that kind of stuff. So to practice plastic surgery on it, I don't know. I don't think uh, was not happy at all. Bredo Morsel, a Norwegian, has once has on ice a, a tough shed Netherlands for 30 years. Netherlands? Netherland? A tough shed Netherlands for 30 years. They even celebrate him every year. Frozen dead guy uh, day celebration. I don't know what tough shed Netherlands means. Has on ice a tough shed Netherlands for 30 years. Um, can I copy? I want to What's the guy's name? Uh, Bredo Morstall. I'm gonna put that in and see what we get. <laughs> this is this. I didn't know this was gonna go uh, this way. This conversation would lead this way. Uh, Bredo Morstall. Uh, he's on Facebook. <laughs> uh, Bredo Morstall. Uh, I don't know where'd you find this stuff out because Happy New Year last time. British photographer writing a book about cryonics. It's so he's a cryonics guy. Um, well, I could understand again though. That's what I was talking about. Cryonics. They they would have to freeze nine hundred pounds of dry ice uh, to freeze a body. I guess. Um. Yeah, so the the head would have to be fro Fred he decapitated heads would have to be frozen. Uh, Google frozen dead guy dolls. <laughs> Google frozen dead guy dolls. I mean, what is Google going to be thinking of me today? Uh, and you know they 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 report all this stuff. 
uh, frozen dead guy dolls. Frozen dead guy dolls. <laughs> right now, Google's writing to the NSA, hey, uh, you want to check out uh, living dead dolls. Colorado's Iceman and the story of the frozen dead guy. Frozen dead guy days. Frozen dead guy survival god. Wow. Uh, yeah, but uh, Mike says maybe they are, they are uh, people donating their body to science and use for medical students. Yeah, but I've been there. I've worked with those bodies. Again, I spent many years doing autopsies for uh, residents and interns, teaching them how to properly do autopsies. A lot of dead bodies. Never saw a decapitated head. And there were there would be so many challenges in keeping that head intact to where it would be useful for anything. The brain, uh, uh, and I have dissected brains. I've got tons of videos of me dissecting brains. I got a, they're on mini DV. I got, I don't know sure if I have a player for them anymore, but I do have plenty of videos on how to properly dissect the brain and. Uh, showing some of the anomalies you find when you're dissecting a brain. But the brain, the sooner you got to keep that fresh immediately uh, or else it becomes worthless to um, scientific research. So, again, cutting a head off, big challenges there with keeping it fresh, keeping it right, and then preserving it, and then putting them all in a single box so that they could be stolen. That box had to be have isolation chambers in it to keep each one isolated it had to have the proper storage to, uh, you know temperature on it not just a simple box and it had to have a lot of weight uh pretty fun frozen dead guys days frozen dead guy days i'm not seeing that frozen dead guy days frozen dead guy days okay it's a uh, let me bring this up. Frozen Dead Guy Days, March 18th, 19th, and 20th. That's the, coming up next week, uh, 2022. Letting Gravity Go. For, uh, Frostafarian friends, we, uh, we've missed you so, and are hoping you will join us at the voyage to the new FDGD Festival Frontier. None of us know for sure exactly what it would feel like or look like, but we do know there will be great music, excellent artists, fantastic food, craft beer, a dead, a frozen dead guy, and bacon. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so it says uh, three uh, heated super tents featuring over 30 live bands, 14 out-of-this-world food vendors. Uh, I don't know. Seeing a dead head not going to necessarily uh, make me hungry for food from a food truck or something. Serving up everything from vegan to barbecue. Specialty craft beers from our own FDGD brew, cosmic cocktails, co coffin racing, coffin racing, polar plunging, uh, frozen turkey bowling, Ugh. frozen T-shirt contest, new friends from uh, all walks of life and, uh, and generations, a blue ball of uh, food VIP journey, nine days and nine hours and 23 minutes and 42 seconds the thing kicks off uh purchase your saturday or sunday general admission pre-sale ticket 25 dollars online or 30 dollars a day of the show for enhanced info into uh 
entrance into three live music tents, uh, outdoor activities, events free of charge, food and beverages available everywhere. The Blue Ball. Blue Ball is uh, $25 online, $30 at the door. Includes your own, very own officially sanctioned Acre on the Moon. What? From lunalanding.com. Uh, now that's kind of, that's like buying, buying a star. How you don't have the right to sell an acre on the moon. Lunalander.com. Lunaland.com. Oh, we're finding out all sorts of weird shit. This is all Denver, Colorado crazy people. (laughs) Uh, the next mind dog prize cat says is a frozen human head. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm thinking about a land on the moon. How much? I'm looking at gift packages. Uh, moon land. Let's see how much it costs. Moon land. The lunar land. Buy land on the moon uh, gift category has nine different lunar land gift packages to choose from. Moon land standard. Uh, $29.99 moon land standard gift package. Uh, lunar land a deed, a legal document listing the location of the purchased one-acre moon property by quadrant, lot number, latitude. What gives them the right to sell this? Why can't I sell this? Why can't I just be the one? You know, that's what, you know, where do you get the deed from this? Where do you get the legal right to sell an acre on the moon? And would that cause some, because, like, who owns it? It's not a, not necessarily a U.S. thing. China's been up there. I don't know if Russia has actually been on the moon. And Putin won't tell. Uh, let's call Putin. Oh, does anybody know anybody who could do a a good a Russian accent? Love to have them call and do a Putin thing. Putin bit for me. But um, curious, where? what's to stop me from drawing up my own deed of lunar land and selling it? And w- where do they actually feel like they get the right to actually sell this stuff? I mean, the Moonland Premium, Moonland Deluxe, Moonland Super, Moonland Five Acre Deed, Ten Acres of Land on the Moon, Twenty Acres of Land on the Moon Deed, Fifty Acres, Hundred Acres, and you're getting a deed. All they're doing is photoshopping a deed up for you. I mean, they obviously go through some kind of mapping to say well this is where your land is need a live support let me see can i get can i get a phone call i want to see if i can get a phone call in with these uh uh, these contact us oh they have their phone number is not here uh, they don't have a phone number online. I'd love to call them and ask them about this. Like, where they don't have a phone number on here, they only have email contacts and chat room stuff. It's uh, actually, they're not located in uh, Colorado, they're located in Florida, Boynton Beach, Florida. It's a some kind of I wonder if this guy's actually making money off of this. This is probably one guy about us. Luna Land formed. Uh, Luna Land was formed for the direct marketing of real estate for land on the moon and planet Mars land. Uh, no phone number, but do you need help? I want to talk to somebody. I want to 
speak to a human. Get out of my face. Uh, where were they? Lunar Land was formed by a direct marketing uh, of real estate, uh, was formed for the direct marketing of real estate and land on the moon and planet Mars land as a premier authorized agent of International Association of Human Planetary Exploration, I-A-O-H-P-E. I don't know that they don't have any right to do this. Our team of professionals is driven to make your purchase of moon property the most pleasant and rewarding experience. Lunar Land is dedicated in keeping you up to date with the latest information. Oh, my goodness. Lunar Land's legal right to offer uh, moon land. The UN Outer Space Treaty of 1967 stipulates that no government can own extraterrestrial property. However, it neglects to mention that individuals and corporations, therefore, under laws uh, dating back to the early U.S. settlers, it is possible to stake a claim for land that has been surveyed by registering with the U.S. Office of Claim Registries. But that's a U.S. thing. Russia or China is not going to recognize your ownership of that land on the moon. Well, getting a phone call, but I don't think it's from the moon people, so I'm not going to allow that at the moment. Um, area 855, I don't know if that's Boynton Beach, Florida. Uh, we're not going to take them at the moment. Anyway, not buying land on the moon today. Looks like uh, my guest has arrived in the back there. Well, she just disappeared. Maybe she just went to buy some land on the moon or or Mars. Uh, anyway, Carol Johnson is uh, a, I believe, San Diego. I'm going to say San Diego, and she'll probably correct me if I'm wrong. San Diego-based comedian who is, uh, I believe, now again, I'm, I'm doing this from whatever research I was able to together on her i believe she just started doing stand-up in 2019 that's what i have uh again she performed at uh many places she's called uh wait i want to make sure i get this right uh the goddess of humor love on lockdown comics uh she performed at comic strip live new york city flappers wwc comedy sauced in the city and more. And ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your mind, and help me welcome Carol Johnson to the Coffee with the Dog program. Cat, Cat, welcome. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning. Thanks for getting up this early. It's very early for you. Yeah, you shouldn't <laughs> allow older women this up this early on your show. So. <laughs> well, the whole thing. <laughs> I have it every day. Um, so uh, do I have it right? San Diego? Is that where you're from? Yeah, I'm in San Diego, uh, born, and, born and raised. So uh, nice, nice. So, but uh, comic strip live, New York City. So, are you a traveling comedian? I do. I will travel, fly, float, whatever I have to do to do comedy. So, wow, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and do I have it correct that you've only been in the game for a couple of years? 2019 is when you started, or. Yeah. or that's right. My uh, very first show was right before the pandemic shut everything down, but I didn't take that as a hint. So I just kept going. <laughs> so um, what, why, where'd you come to it so late in life? I mean, most people who are uh, get into the stand-up game either know it from, from teenage years or even before sometimes, but generally by their 20s, they they know that's what they want to do and start pretty early. What, why did you come to it at this point in your life? 
Oh, <laughs> I wanted to do it earlier, but my husband told me I wasn't funny. Oh, well, you, <laughs> so did you get rid of him? <laughs> yeah, kind of. He got rid of me and now I'm doing comedy. It's so great and it's cheaper than therapy. Wow. And, and uh, so when who were your uh, influences? And I know this is a very cliche type of question, but uh, comedians that influenced your work and the kind of comedy that you deliver. Oh, uh, you know, growing up when I was little watching the Lucy show, I mean, uh, Carol Burnett, there were so many awesome uh groundbreaking women that I never thought it would be hard to do comedy at this age. Wow. You know, you... Carol Liefer, Rita Rubner. I mean, there are a lot of older women out there that are very funny. Rita Rudner, right? Was that? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's a, 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 she's still working, do you know? Uh, I don't know. I, I hope so because she is funny. Right. Well, you know, it's been a challenge for me. I know there are more women in comedy now than ever before. I mean, doing stand-up particularly. There have always been comedic uh, female actresses, but um, the numbers of stand-up comedians, women who in stand-up comedy now are uh, significant. There's a lot of them, but it's been a challenge for me because I do want to um, kind of bring them some attention and, and and highlight them. But it's still a, you talk about the world, uh, you know, world of business and everything else being a man's world. Stand-up comedy is really, really more than anything else a man's world, yes? <laughs> yes. Oh, so, yeah. Talk, talk to me about some of the struggles for you uh, getting stage time, mic time, any of that kind of stuff being. Well, I've been lucky enough to meet some really great guys that put me on their shows. Um, it is usually mostly me and a bunch of boys. A uh, funny story when I first started doing uh, open mics, uh, there it was just me and a bunch of kids. And they looked at me and said, oh, are you here to, to watch someone? I'm like, no, stand back, boys. I got this. You know? <laughs> yeah. Is is there ageism as well as sexism oh, involved? Yeah, there is. There really is. Um, but, you know, I've lived a long life. I have lots of things to laugh about. So right. lots of things to make fun of. Right. Uh, and, yeah, a lot... I think that part of why we don't see as many young comedians as we used to, because I—that's another part of my when we see, when we think of stand-up comedy today, it's dominated by males thirty to fifty, somewhere in that age. You don't see a lot of people in their twenties, uh, where we used to see a lot of people in their twenties doing, you know, breaking through in some ways. And maybe I'm going to date myself if I put out the names of people. I, I remember, but um, so those people seem to be excluded because you do, I think, have to have some life experience before you can develop uh, things to be funny about. But um, that wasn't always the case. I think things have changed a little bit with that. Have you, uh, have you, um, so are you uh, basically, how are you getting, finding work? Are you just going to open minds and networking with people and, and finding work that way? I mean, and, and stage time that way? You know, I have been very blessed. I have not been able to do many open mics recently because I have been so busy. I recently started doing comedy with an awesome uh, group of women called Pretty Funny Women. It's uh, evidently the longest running all-female 
comedy show in the world. She started Lisa Sunstead. She started it back in the 1990s. So wow. I've hooked up with them. There's another, the future is female. She does include men too, non-binary, you know, anybody really that wants to do her mic. They are really fun shows. Um, I know I'm going to miss somebody, but yeah. those, those are the two big ones that I've been. Oh, we do freaking funny females in San Diego. Uh, we do comedy for benefits. So we made a lot of money for San Diego Food Bank and um, cancer cancer research, helping people out. Cool. That's a, it's always good to give back, and I appreciate that. And anybody who does that, I, I applaud right from the start. Um, do you find now that the audiences uh, that you that you uh, perform for um, are they relatable to uh, the kind of stuff that that you present? Because uh, and you know I'm talking about ageism now because I know with a lot of my references and we've already had it here this morning. A lot of my references are too old for people in their 40s to even understand what I'm talking about. Sometimes do you do you run into that? You know, I thought I would. I just did a show at Flappers last week, and it was all younger people. There was one or two older women in the audience, and they I had people pee in their pants. They, There was a group of younger men on the side, and I think I scare them more than anything. <laughs> it's like, this is what your future could be like if you marry a woman, you know? <laughs> like ah! so they laugh because yeah. i think they're probably scared wow <laughs> um and so for you now uh doing this i did people uh i do your peers the people that you you know the other comedians that you work with do they recognize uh that you as a um beginner at this age because when i if i saw you coming in and i'm i'm there signed up for for a show and i see you coming in i would think and i know you're going to perform i would think you've probably been in the you know you've been a professional for a long time just looking at you and, and just saying well she's not a kid she must have been around for a while do they understand that you're um relatively new at it and, and do they they treat you any different because when they find that out I think only my close friends know and people that we, there's a, actually a group of women that it seems that in San Diego, we all started kind of at the same time. It's probably that midlife crisis stuff, right? It's like, woo. Mid <laughs> you know, um, I had my first midlife crisis at uh, actually turning 30. I've <laughs> Not early. Yeah, you're, you're well, I, I had one at every zero year at 30, 40, 50, 60. Had them <laughs> actually 60 was the easiest uh transition to make out of all of them, but uh, it's just interesting. So, um, so many women your age now are getting into is is this what I'm hearing that that more more women your age are getting into it than than younger women? Is that what I'm hearing from you? Well, no, there are, there are a lot of younger women mostly, but I'm just saying in San Diego, I did meet a group of women that we, funny that we did all start about the same time period. It, wow. I thought it was interesting. So that's pretty yeah, cool. It is, it is mostly lots of younger people and, so, and white men, <laughs> lots yeah. of white men. <laughs> um, so you started and then the pandemic hit. So that kind of created this whole, 
Zoom comedy world that we have now. And, and I know a lot of people are doing these shows. Uh, do you find those rewarding? Because they're, they're a little weird for me to kind of be in a Zoom comedy show where it seems a little competitive. For, first of all, it's it's hard to know. Like It's not like being in a club where a comic goes up and uh, people are there supporting them and and being you know supportive in the room and and there's some community and all that it feels very stale and cold to me. Uh, what's your take on that whole uh, Zoom comedy or I'm calling it Zoom comedy, remote comedy stuff? So. Yeah, um, I'm actually really happy it happened. It helped me grow and and get much better as a comedian because I did like probably over 150 during lockdown. It, wow. Yeah, it's weird. You go into your bedroom and you hook up your ring light and it's just, it it's, uh, and it depends on how many people are in the audience. If there's too many, you have to turn the laughter off because then there's echoing. And even like with you today, I'm sorry if I jump on your words sometimes, it, there is a bit of a lag time. This is pretty good. Steamyard's pretty good. I, I like this. Yeah. Um. But I was able to do comedy all over the world, which was wonderful. And now I have comedic friends all over the world that if I go to New York, I met some of people that I I did a bunch of shows with. And so you get to meet them in real life now. And it's really nice. Very cool. Uh, StreamYard is good. But like, I think this is similar to Zoom. The more people that get, come in, the more the lag starts to happen and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. It's it's not perfected yet, but we're working on it. I you know I I see things in the future where it will it will definitely improve quickly. When you're doing Zoom comedy shows, are you standing or are you are you sitting? I'm sitting this morning, but I prefer to stand because it's it's more real. But I have right. a funny story. My last Zoom show, I broke the leg on the tripod for the ring light. And I tried to tape it. So during the show, I didn't realize, but during my set, it started lowering. And so I had to do my Zoom show doing squats very slowly. So, <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Yeah, lights and, and, and that kind of stuff. I, I have deal with that all the time, every day, just about. Uh, something funny going on with lighting or sound somewhere. Uh, but that whole idea of because too many i think when i watch zoom comedy shows and i haven't seen 150 of them but i've seen enough that a lot of comedians are just sitting here and it's like that's not stand-up stand-up is standing up because sometimes you, your body matters but the challenge i think is fitting your whole body into a shot where it, it's not like because if, if to get a whole body shot, you have to be kind of far back, and then that feels like you're disconnected. It's, it's, it's there are some challenges there, uh, but I do think it's always best to stand when you're doing stand-up comedy because your body is part of how you communicate the humor, right? Your body language and all that kind of stuff. It's true. The energy is different when you're yeah. sitting versus standing. It's you know. Yeah. Um, what kind of topics and stuff do you talk about? Being older. You know, life changes, divorce, not too much about that, raising kids, um, life, everyday life. I mean, as a comedian, you're constantly writing, which you try not to annoy your friends too much. But, you know, you're driving and you think of something funny 
and you have to you have to tape it or you'll forget it just because menopause brain. You know? I, I get that, and I, you know I I'm very much the same way. It's like if I, if I'm writing something, uh, I need to kind of make sure I'm gonna make a note of it because if I don't, I can expect that I'll remember it, but I never will. To a, a big challenge. Uh, what I find, and I don't, I don't know how much you follow younger female comedians, but ladies in, in comedy, very often, all too often, I think, they come back to the same exact content. Not necessarily the same jokes, but it's always about uh, my life without a boyfriend, my life without a husband, those kind of jokes. Uh, and uh, there's great humor in, in that, but when you see every single one of them out taking that same approach, I'm looking for something fresh and, and different. Uh, so, uh, how do you how do you <laughs> differentiate from that? You know, it it is tough with cancel culture now. Everyone's so afraid to um, to uh, hurt someone's feelings or or being slammed for saying something. So. You want to be funny, but you want, and you want to be topical, but the only person that you won't hurt their feelings is if you talk about yourself. So I will not hurt any, any person in the audience, as long as things are, are said for my viewpoint. Right. Uh, are you, do you work totally clean or uh, do you get a little blue sometimes? I can get a bit blue, but I hear that, you know, you can get more jobs being clean. And I've had so many people come up to me after a show and say, oh, my God, that was so refreshing. You know, no dick jokes, no this, no that. <laughs> but here's my my opinion, and my opinion that is, is worthless is just about anybody else on this stuff. But I appreciate that, that you can get more work being a clean comedian. And I appreciate that. It does. It does make you a better comedian to try, a better writer, a better, um, a better professional at it when you put in the discipline to the, the work that requires, uh, that that is required to do clean comedy. But the comedians I know who work the blue are my fa- work blue are my favorite comedians, and the ones who I think are the biggest successful. And and this I know this is kind of a point of contention with people who who say work clean. It's it's a, you'll be more successful if you work clean. But the biggest successes are are people who don't work clean all the time, right? Yeah. So, so it's I kind of it. a kind of a um, I'm not a catch twenty two, but it's a conundrum of a, a bit. So you can work clean if you wanna uh, if you wanna work often and you wanna work a lot and you wanna be a top notch professional being working as a clean comedian will definitely help you get there. But if you want to be a superstar, <laughs> you have to work a little blue sometimes, right? No, I know. And and I get some laughs with my blues, but I think that's kind of scares the kids too when you <laughs> no, I like I, uh, I don't know. I don't know because I'm not a kid, but I would I would appreciate, you know not that I would want you to come out and be Lisa Lampin- Lampinelli and like, you know, dropping the C word every other and, you know, yeah. just straight on vagina jokes all night long. But, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, done the right way. I would appreciate, uh, you know, an older lady uh, doing uh, material that I, I can relate to. And, and, and not that it's necessary. It has to be filthy, but just a little bit adult. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah, mine's my one 
it's not even really blue. It's just about sex positions and the problem of supposed to have a CPAP machine and, and all of those other things that would go along with that. So that's wow. Last night on my uh, my evening podcast, uh, my guest was a lady who's written, a, and she's actually a doctor, a PhD of, with, of performing arts, teaches at NYU. Her latest book is about burlesque, and she's a burlesque performer and teaches burlesque. Wow. And, and I, yeah, I didn't even know burlesque was still a thing. Are you familiar with that? I am. It's funny. There, there's a. I haven't been there yet. I've been doing some dive bars and stuff, which is a lot of fun um, up in L.A., but there is a burlesque place where they do have comedians and burlesque. Yeah, uh, and I—that's—that's I, that's where I, I came from because of being a, a huge fan of comedy, um, burlesque. Because she teaches burlesque, and I was like, you can teach theatrics, you can teach dancing, you can teach singing, you can teach presentation, all those things, but you can't teach funny. So, uh, and and how you go about that? And when most of the people are there, they're theater majors. The people who take her classes at NYU, uh, but it it just struck me as odd because I, I'm again, I'm going to date myself here, and uh, the people in in the audience know this because uh, I talked about it a couple of times already. When I grew up, burlesque was the pornography of the day. There was no pornography. It was hidden in the back of uh, like tabloid. There'd be a, a tabloid newspaper. There'd be an ad for a city burlesque show, and that meant nudity, and that was titillating and exciting and all that stuff. But now. We've gone so far over the edge with pornography and, and, you know, adult films and all this stuff that I can't imagine burlesque. It, it almost seems conservative and almost like family entertainment. In this point, you know I mean? like, Really, right? That's right. So where does that interest come from? But I, it's it's huge. According to what we talked about last night, it's huge. It's everywhere in the country. Has it? It's not just cities. It's 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 a huge thing. It's like a theater type of um, more of a theater thing than a club thing. That's um, great, though. It's like a revival of comforting things. You know, porn's free now. You don't even have to pay for porn anymore. Right. It's, <laughs> Um, and one of my favorite scenes out of Sweet Charities, the the burlesque women, and, and you know Gypsy Rose Lee, that was such a lovely story. We talked about her. I don't remember. I don't remember the movie clear now. I gotta watch that movie again. I do. I do. I do remember a little. But we talked about all the stars of uh, of burlesque, those big names. And but again, I it's just surprising to me because. Again, it, it, it's like the titillation factor or the shock value of all, all this stuff has gone so off the charts that a striptease and a woman go boop, boop, be doo. Uh, I, it just seems so antiquated, so 19th century in, in a lot of ways to me that I can't imagine there'd be a big audience for that in, in this day and age. But I I'm think wrong. maybe Dita, uh, Dita Von Teese, uh our name Maybe came up. Brought it back was one of the people that helped too. That was years ago. So yeah. Uh, so what are your aspirations? Uh, or is it just uh, to continue working in stand up? Do you have um, any other uh, aspirations beyond that, like for for a career? My aspirations are to be happy. That's you know, and I love doing this. You know, I started in improv. It wasn't quite exactly what I wanted, and I was surprised. Being on stage is amazing. I did an almost sold-out show 
two weeks ago at the comedy store with the group of pretty funny women, all women show. And um, I felt like a rock star. It was. Well, I imagine you would, though. You know, you, you don't get a more prestigious room than the, the comedy. So you're talking about the one on Sunset, or there's one in La Jolla, too, right? There's one in La Jolla. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, being happy so, so important. And, and, and part of the reason I started this program is to encourage people to actually do pursue their dream, do the things that they wanted to do and not just wait until it's too late because we see so too many people that actually do that. But when you do that, especially later in life as you have, uh, I would imagine you get some negativity or naysayers and people that just, uh, are you crazy? Or, you know, <laughs> did you get any of that? Do you have to deal with any of that uh, in your life where people are just naysayers or negative about what you, what you were intending to do? No, my friends have always told me that I was funny. <clears throat> so um, they, I think, don't think they were surprised that, you know, I decided to do this. And it's been such a blast having such a fun time. So they've been very supportive of it. And no, they, no, not one person has said to you, are you crazy? You can't do that uh, or anything. No, because I am funny. You'll have to come to one of my, sh are you in New York? I am. I will buy you a seat at the next time. I don't, don't know where I want to be next, but I, <laughs> I, I need to get back out there. No, I would definitely come and see you. One thing I will say to you as a um, little piece of um, worthless advice, I guess, <laughs> uh, on the YouTube, because I did try to catch you, uh, you have a YouTube video up there, but because I'm old and my hearing impaired, which is why I have headphones on very loud, the captions are turned off. Turn the captions on. Uh, <laughs> I'll turn the captions on. I'll have a new one soon from my show last week, which will be a lot better that one video that was from pretty much when i started right uh are, do you do you have people come and tape each each performance you do or are um, uh, most clubs don't allow taping um flappers is nice because they will tape and sell you their tape which is a nice quality so i'm hoping to do some festivals this year flappers sounds like a burlesque room I, you know, it might have been the old, it, it's, it's a woman owned business. Um, the old time flappers, you know, the, like you were saying, the boop boopy do with yeah. the feathers in their hair and the fringe dresses. Right. Um, and so you, you're concentrating on being happy. That's a great place to be in your life. Yeah. How do you, um, I guess you don't watch the news or, or tune into what's going on in the world. Cause yeah, I, this is something I mentioned I'm struggling with every single day. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to keep a positive outlook on life. I don't watch the news. I don't have television in my house because I don't want cable news pouring into my house, but it's almost inescapable. And every day I wake up and it's there even if I, I'm just setting up for my show, trying to ignore the news, and it comes through anyway. And as soon as it does, stress, anxiety, uh, you know, negative thoughts, and all that kind of stuff. How do you how do you maintain the how do you keep uh, this focus on trying to be happy? Oh, it's it is tough now. It what's going on in the world now is breaking my heart because you know I was too young to be a hippie, but I was young enough to remember being afraid of Russia and having the drills where we hide under our desks, like that was really gonna save us from anything. And and now we're back there. 
right. it shouldn't be like this. We we should be a peaceful person, you know, a world at this point where this isn't happening. But there are some really crazy people out there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, uh, the avoiding the negativity and just uh, keeping positive in your own life is a challenge. I mean, it's a great great thing to aspire to but it's not easy it's it's not easy and i i i definitely uh admire anybody who who can has the ability to do that stay positive in, in a world that is so full of uh negativity right now yeah. um we have it's time for a happy moment i uh want to you want to stick around for a happy moment What's yeah moment? of course okay uh we're gonna bring it i gotta do this the right way hold on <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna streamline this uh process a little better but uh we're gonna welcome in kiara right now with the happy I did mean happy minute. Welcome, Kiara. Hi. <laughs> meet Carol. Carol, meet Kiara. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. How nice are you? Nice to meet you. Kiara, uh, Carol is a lady who has started stand-up comedy. Uh, she's m roughly my age, and she started it in 2019, right before the pandemic started. Uh, pretty, pretty brave and pretty cool thing, no? Yes. Very yeah. inspiring. Uh, so, and we were just talking uh, about a lot of things, but also uh, one of the things we're talking about, trying to stay happy in, in a world uh, full of negative news. And what we're doing with you with this segment, uh, the Happy Minute, is trying to get keep away from that and just keep, inform people about light, silliness, and po possibly some good news in the world. So right. you have, what do you got for us? Okay. Uh, what would you like to hear about? Um... Uh, anything happy. <laughs> <laughs> well i have funny and i have uh educational so you pick give me give me the funny all right i'll always go with the funny I over figured. there i figured okay we'll save it for later so uh um i i like to go on floridaman.com and you can type in um florida man and and the and today's date and see what the headline is because something's always happening in florida uh okay <clears throat> so for today Central Florida man broke into a house and fell asleep on couch while high on meth. So let's read about that. Uh, the deputies in Lake County arrested a man after the homeowner said he walked into her house, laid down and refused to leave. The woman said, I said, excuse me, do you belong here? Where are you supposed to be? You're in the wrong house, dude. Um, so when the police came, he kicked one deputy in the chest, started swinging his fist at the others. Um, but he was pretty comfortable on her couch. So wow, tripping out. Yeah. And uh, no, did he get arrested? Is he has he been arrested? No, doesn't say. Been arrested. He's still high today. A year later. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty nice trip. <laughs> yeah, Florida. Uh, you, you know what? And I'm maybe because I'm old and I'm at a at a touch. But I don't think meth is uh, the thing in New York where we. I you know. Um, I think it's no. mostly Florida and middle America. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a New York thing. Uh, no, no, I don't think Give I me. would go out and try meth. You know, it's not <laughs> something you sell. <laughs> meth, there's no meth stores. Yeah, there's no yeah. CBD of meth, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> no light version. It's all or meth. Right. And it, it's <laughs> a zombie maker, right? Because the, from what I know of it, 
it's not even like a pleasurable experience, right? So why would anybody even go, start because it's cheap? Is that the attraction to it? you? Know you're you're a young person. What is the what, what is the <laughs> what is you know, the what is the uh, upside of mess? <laughs> um, I heard it's hard to make. I mean, I watched Breaking Bad. I'm very educated on mess. Um, I, as a young person, I've I've made it myself. No, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not sure. I mean, anything synthetic, anything made from from man, and then you're gonna trust them that they that they measured the right. What is it even made of? I don't. Uh, I think it's like uh, air condi- uh, formaldehyde or something. Something weird like that. Ammonia and bad wow. stuff. Yeah. Wow. No wonder wow. It makes zombies out of people. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Uh, what was the other piece you had for us? The educational piece. You know, you want to oh, tell us what? Okay. Yeah. Um. So, since we have a comedian in the room, uh, Matt doesn't really want me to uh to say how I came about this piece, but I'm gonna say it. I think it's a good bit. Uh, whenever I go number two, I always bring my phone. So my friends and family, they always know when when I'm on the bowl because I'm always sending memes and funny things. It's like my little downtime. But my phone was not charged so i had to bring uh, a magazine with me and i actually began reading and uh i, oh, like, to read, <laughs> I like to read what i found okay um according to this magazine oh it's uh creations okay <laughs> i thought it was funny um let's see uh let's see so there are the omega-6 apocalypse um, how the ubiquitous use of processed seed oils ushered in a new age of disease. Okay. So, uh, what does that mean? Well, well I'll explain. Okay. I had a lot of time to read. It was, you know, I had uh, some <laughs> binding food. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, the uh, majority of Americans are being misled by official health recommendations to eat healthy vegetable oils. Even the term vegetable oil is misleading because it gives you the impression that you are receiving vegetable micronutrients when these oils are usually toxic, industrially processed seed oils. Um, So it went on and on to say, it was a long article, I read it all, um, with time to spare. But uh, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Um, Most of the oils on the shelf, um, they're... They're processed um, soy, corn, canola, safflower, sunflower, peanut, grapeseed, rice bran. They're all bad for you, and they all cause chronic disease. Wow. Um, it's cheaper for, for uh, fast food places to use these oils, but um, in the long run, butter, olive oil, the best ways to go, best ways to stay healthy. Okay, Lubricate. that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start yes. cooking with just uh, natural, uh, you know what? There's not, nothing you can do. Nothing is nothing is safe. Nothing is healthy anymore. You just have to just not breathe, not eat, do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could take meth and, you you know. Cooking with meth. <laughs> Cooking with meth. Okay. Yeah. Then you don't have teeth, so you don't have to worry about eating anyway. Right. Right. Well, See, that was, in. that's enough for I have happiness for this moment. Minute. It was more than a minute. I appreciate your time here. Uh, I guess we'll see you tomorrow with some more happiness. Bring us some, yes. uh, some more happiness and no uh, meth stories. 
And nice meeting you and take care and Very good luck. Nice meeting you. Very bye. nice meeting bye. you. Take care. Bye for now. Uh, very happy minute with Kiera there. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> um, you know what we were talking about before you, you came on this program this morning? Well, it, it was a really convoluted thing. Talk, just talking about uh, it started with, in you know, from her previous segment, um, strange and odd news and stuff. Um, they found a box full of heads severed heads in denver that was supposedly somebody robbed a box full of heads and it's gone missing uh of that was supposedly used for medical science and that discussion talking about uh you know heads in a box and the the person who stole them when they get surprised when they find out what's in the box and all that stuff that led to uh, this festival out in Colorado of, of, of the Frozen Festival where they have a frozen body there and this huge entertainment festival built around a frozen body. And that led, that discussion led to, it's sponsored by people who are selling land on the moon and Mars. Oh, man. Right? Uh, and so that's what the discussion where we, that I was trying to figure out before you came on, the idea of buying land on the moon and Mars, like what gives them the right to sell it? Where do you get that from? You, you, uh, you're old enough to remember the buy a star, buy, buy a birth star or something, buy a star as a gift. Total scam, right? Or, or do you disagree? Well, you can't get to that star. So, you know, it's like, can't get, you know, well, no, everybody's going to the moon now. Why go? It's like, there's gravity. There's not a lot of gravity. That's the only reason to go to the moon. <laughs> it wouldn't age as fast, you know? It's like. I don't think there's, the, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of this idea about colonization of these places. And I don't think it's really a feasible idea, but, you know, what do I know? But um, it just, in, it seems really difficult to be able to, especially within our solar system, to actually build a place where uh, it might be habitable for anybody. I think. But there are plans for it. I mean, it's like, why don't we just take care of the one that we've got? If they would spend all of that money just to help where we are, we would be totally fine. Do you think so? <laughs> Except really... for the few other crazy people that are trying to take over other people's land. I mean. Yeah. Uh, but do you think that this planet, this a uh, planet that we've done so much damage to you think it's salvageable because I, it's, I to me it's like an, an old house that you've kind of let run down so bad that it's beyond repair do you, do you think because uh, you talk about throwing throwing money at do you think planet earth is a, a, a fixable thing well i hear the ozone is coming back that's true know? Maybe if we did start, you know, more renewable energies and stop sucking the earth dry of all of the, the goodies in there. George Carlin uh, said, I went to a, one of his last shows. Um, he said, in the end, the earth will shake us off like a bad cold. <laughs> that so, is, that's part of my thinking, too, is like, you know, how arrogant to think that uh, we can destroy planet Earth. It's like, but um, that still doesn't change the, the 
whoever wins the battle, us or, or Mother Nature, yeah. uh, we still end up <laughs> we still end up without a home either way. Yeah, <laughs> I do get the the moon thing though because uh, my best friend's married to a rocket scientist, wow. so it's like the moon thing is like this last like explorer thing for people. Hmm. Since I well, guess they think they've explored all of Earth, they it's just like a new place to. Well, Mars yeah. is the thing now, and um, it, it that's funny because when and obviously comedians, you know, look at it from an angle of what can I mine that is going to be funny about this. But when I had a comedian, a, a, an LA-based comedian named Jonesy, you know, he was talking about uh, how useless it is to really go to Mars. There's nothing there, uh, you know, and the feasibility of the travel and all of the logistics that it takes to get there and what for all the cost and all the money they spend to get there and all that kind of stuff for what and yeah. all i could think of is they you know they come back the, the rocket scientists like your friend there their response to this would be all the benefits that we've gotten from uh <laughs> space exploration as far as what it does in our practical lives and I, I can't name what they are but i think teflon and some of these things that we use and take it take for granted in our lives today were developed for space exploration and that's there that's how they kind of justify it <laughs> that's a good point you know but now we know i think teflon's bad for us so maybe it's right not okay well we got tang we got tang out of it. Yeah, we still have tang. Does anybody uh, anybody use tang? That's a question for the chat. Find tang anymore? It's I like ah, <laughs> uh, well, cat says somebody in the chat room. Cat says, "Wait, I want to be six times lighter. I'm moving to the moon." <laughs> there you go. Now, I don't think it. Well, it, it doesn't make you um, thinner. It just makes it makes you not at you the weight you have not that that much significant. Um, any anything that's going on in the world that you find really funny right now, as far as um, that kind of stuff, like billionaires going to Mars and all that kind of stuff. Any of that stuff strike you as funny in any way? Yeah, it's it, like you said, it's hard to find funny right now. I'm trying to stay away from the magazines and the TV, but. Yeah, the, all the guys, all the rich guys going up. Pete Davidson is supposed to go up. Really? I did not know yeah. that. Uh, with, uh, oh man, I can't remember. There, there's so many men going to the moon now on their own little rockets that I can't remember who's taking it. Be Bezos or, or Musk are the only two I know about. There's, there's other yeah. guys going to going up. Yeah, well, those, those two big ones. Who knows, you know, <laughs> who can yeah. keep track? um that the that moon landing the moon festival frozen dead guys festival frozen dead guys days uh it's all about chiro chirogenics you you remember uh i'm sure you know the stories about walt disney being frozen and all that stuff yeah. um with uh as we get older mortality is definitely a thing you give any thought to that uh chirogenic stuff and being frozen and preserving yourself. That would be really nice to know that it really worked. I don't know if Walt gave up on it or his relatives gave up on it. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if it was even ever true, but yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just had a friend pass that almost reached 102. Wow. We are living older, you know. She was a cowgirl from Colorado, so. 
is we're living older. Is that necessarily a good thing? You know, a quality of life, of course, is, is, is everything, right? And so, yeah, sure, if you can continue to live a good life, you want to live longer. I had a guy who was on the program who was, I don't even have it anymore, do I? Uh, it was, he had a product, uh, My Vital C, and he promised me the, uh, this product was uh, uh, tested on lab rats and shown to <laughs> double their lifespan. And the idea was if I took this stuff, uh, it w- I could live to be 140. And I was like, I don't want to live to be 140 unless yeah. I could stay relatively young. And I'm already think I'm past where I would like to be, <laughs> like to stay, you know, maintain. But you, I don't want to live that long and not be, you know, I don't want to be in a wheelchair and have people feeding me through a tube or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, quality of life is what it's all about. It's not length of life, right? Well, my friend was still teaching horseback riding up into well into her nineties. God bless her. Yeah, yeah. horseback was, riding. She was great. She was really healthy. Yeah. Um, the uh, San Diego co- uh, comedy scene is pretty active right now, or because of what we have here. Because you mentioned uh, dive bars up in LA, what we have here is this phenomenon where people are putting in comedy shows anywhere they can anywhere that will have them so pizza places uh bowling alleys of course bowling alleys has been a thing for a while but uh laundromats oh <laughs> uh, is is that happening there as well yes it is and sometimes i think outside of the box and it's like are we forcing people to laugh i mean it's like how many more places can we i do a lot of wineries breweries yeah, uh, you know, back in the 90s, when I was an executive for a, uh, a cable television company, and they were trying to sell broadband cable and the idea of uh, the benefits of having uh, broadband internet in your home. And one of the ways they thought to do this was to go to put on comedy shows in a retail environment during the day, lunchtime. It, the stores are called Nobody Beats the Wiz. They don't have them here in New York anymore, but that's what they were called. They were electronic stores. So you could buy where you'd go to buy a computer or a cell phone or any of that kind of stuff. And uh, they'd have comedians come in and do shows in the middle of the day. And people were there shopping, not expecting comedy. <laughs> it's just a weird thing to be bombarded with when you're not expecting it. And so it's got to make the job. 10 times tougher. Have you done any uh, strange venue type shows, like places that were just really a struggle? Yeah, the, the uh, bars, if you're not selling tickets, people go to bars to drink. And so a lot of times they're just, and those nights that you're there, if people aren't listening, you just try to power through your set and pretend that it's an open mic. So that's what I do. Right. Well, doing music, that that's, you know, there are times when you're hired to do ba- be background music and you accept that as a musician. But yeah. there are also times where you're in a club and or a bar and um, people are more interested in socializing and they're not really listening to you. As a musician, you can always get a little louder or, or try to get play something that's going to get them get their attention and get them dancing, moving, singing along, any of that kind of stuff. As a comedian, I think what are you really left with to to kind of break through when they're not even listening to you? I mean, it's it's that's got to be a really awkward moment. Like nobody, they're just talking to each other, and there's a person. I I don't know how I would handle it. I I it's got to be really difficult. No, 
I've seen some younger guys like yell at people to shut up. And I don't think that's really the way to go about that. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll do a funny joke towards whatever they're talking about. If I can overhear their conversation. And if that doesn't pull them in, I just kind of let them go. You know, it's, there are other people that will listen and it might be one or two people I'm, I'm doing a, a barbecue place tonight. So <laughs> Thank for the comedy, though. They're a great audience. So. Very cool. Uh, what's the name of the place? It's called Hobos. It was actually on diners, drive-in, and dives like years ago. Oh, so, cool. Not a meat eater, but it smells really good. <laughs> uh, you're uh, vegan? Not vegan, but mostly vegetarian. I, I've uh, gone down that road probably three times like at least two times that I uh uh did for for a couple of years at a time been a pure vegetarian for two years and then fell off the wagon and then another time for another year uh very difficult for me especially when my mom was still alive because uh I'll go to visit her on Sunday and it would be really really hard <laughs> not to eat mom's cooking you know what I mean uh how long have you been in uh, uh have you done it your whole life been a vegetarian Pretty much, yeah off and on off and on but you know i've got friends that talk about blood type diets and things like that some people need more protein than you know others and yeah uh, but it is it can be a really emotional topic for some people some people get so i don't know uh advocacy or advocacy or or just really just want to religious they'll become religious like for for their dietary thing and want everybody to be like them it's like that's kind of uh one thing that uh turns me away from that whole lifestyle and also the the vegan thing um yeah i was i was at a mediterranean restaurant and the owner was the sweetest man and the table next to my friends and i had accidentally got a grape leaf that maybe had meat or something she didn't eat it but she threw such a scene like screaming had the owner crying and and it was just an honest mistake you you can't treat you know an inanimate object that's been prepared more important than the person that made it for you i mean i just yeah. felt bad for him and you should know that you're going to a restaurant that's because if you feel that strongly about it that you know that might offend you, then you shouldn't even be in that restaurant to begin with. If you right. know they a vegan restaurant, yeah. Yeah. Part of the thing with the vegan stuff that really freaks me out is eh, freaks me out is probably a too strong a word, but uh just puts me off is this idea that they take it to extremes that you have to question everything. Like the the seats in your car. What, what are, are the seats in your car made of leather? What are they made of? Like, wait a minute. Can you not? Because if I had to do that with every single decision I made in my life, I'd never get anything done. I'd never get out of bed. Wait a minute. Oh, are these socks? What are these socks made of? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that would become hard. It's like the whole thing. Be happy. Pick your battles. Live in the median somewhere. You know, don't over worry about. And vegan food, it's a lot of processed stuff that that I would rather eat real things, you know, that's yeah. why I'm just, you know. And California is the land of uh, that kind of, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, so you, you I think Southern California leads to the world in um, alternative diet. Yeah. 
No, Florida has you be for crazy. For- yeah, they've got over the top weird. <laughs> it's a different type of crazy. It's scary. Uh, somebody said they're just talking about piggies. What about piggies? I we weren't talking about piggies. Who, who was talking about piggies? Just popping in doggies. Uh, uh, good timing. We was just talking about piggies. Was I? No. I don't think I was. Was I talking about piggies? <laughs> I don't remember talking about piggies. Anyway, um, so you're, you're playing this barbecue place tonight. Are you doing this solo? Is it just you or is there uh, several comedians? I working? think it's me and the boys. Me and the boys tonight. So. <laughs> me and the boys. <laughs> um, you know what, what's interesting here? Have you ever, um, because you talk about playing and, you know, the dive bars and stuff, have you ever uh, played on the same bill where there was music, like open for music or had uh, like a band or something on the same bill as you? No, but I would love, oh, oh, whoa, whoa, wait. Yes, yes, I did. There's a theater up in Santa Clarita that was a variety show. Wow. So I did a 10-minute set and they had, bluegrass they had belly dancers i used to belly dance that's how i got myself through college um so it was fun to see that still alive and well belly dancing i've never seen it because well because it's the, the belly dancing i've uh it's been really um culturally true so i've never seen a blonde uh, belly dancer in my yeah, life. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. And I used to do Tahitian and Hawaiian too. Howly girl. <laughs> uh, no, the reason I asked about the music stuff is because um, I've had some, playing in a band, I've had some unusual nights where uh, there have been comedians in the audience and my the, the lead singer of my band will bring, right in the middle of a set, invite a comedian up to do a couple of jokes in the middle uh, or do like two minutes in the middle of a band performance and it's like really really awkward trying to mix uh and and the audience reaction to that it's not supportive for them at all i just feel like of course not they're there to hear music that's horrible i'm sorry i'm sorry in the face of all comedians that's just you shouldn't do that Right. I think if there is a, a, a good way to do it is comedians on a, when a band takes a break and people uh, don't are not like looking to dance or sing along or, or be part of a concert experience. Bands on a break. That's when the comedians should do it. That seems the only logical way. But it's really difficult when comedians open for bands. You know, that's a that's a really tough gig. Yeah, um, no, I know in L.A. there's a lot of comedians that open. They they. uh they warm up the the TV shows that are taped live. They usually have warm up comedians to warm up the crowd before the show starts. So, yeah. I think comedians are are good when you're supposed to see a comedian. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, put putting them out everywhere. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and this place tonight. So people are coming to see a comedy show at uh barbecue place yeah yeah Yeah. they're a great audience actually they're really and interestingly enough there's no there's no comedy club in this particular area so that's probably why i think comedy clubs are becoming like dinosaurs they're really really are pure comedy clubs that are just uh, comedy only and never anything else they're fewer and far far between everywhere i think yeah, uh, and it's hard to get time there, you know, um, with the pandemic and stuff. 
uh, a lot of the places still don't have open auditions, which makes it a little bit tough. So that's probably why we're doing comedy everywhere, wineries and breweries. And if you'll stop long enough on the corner, we'll tell you a joke. I mean, the oddest gig I ever did was music was on a Sunday morning in a grocery store, 11, uh, it's 11 a.m. in a, a uh, grocery store in a very upscale in the Hamptons. Wow. And uh, 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning uh, with a full rock, not full rock band, a four-piece rock band in, uh, in, in, the, in the supermarket while people are doing their shopping, you know, <laughs> after church. Really. How was and, that? It's very strange, very strange. And people didn't know what to make of it. People just walking by like it's no big thing, which is very, very strange. You're sitting there playing and people just ignoring you, going around doing their shopping. Uh, very odd gig, but uh, hard to get used to. But I think that's the world we're coming to now. It's like um, make your own opportunities, you know, create your own shows and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's true. That explains all the people on TikTok and Instagram. And uh, everybody has to have their own TV show now. So. Well, I'm glad you mentioned TikTok and Instagram because I wanted to promote you and let people know where to follow you. All I have is your Facebook page, uh, and it's not Carol Johnson. It's Carol. That's my married name, and it's Asian. I don't look Asian. That would just be too confusing for people talking about the blonde hair. So Yeah, Carol Johnson's easy to remember. Yeah. Uh, but for people who want to uh, support you and, and continue to follow you, Facebook.com, Carol. Uh, how do you pronounce that? L it's L-E-U-N-G. Yeah, it's Leung. The, the, the English pronunciation, there is none. It's a very guttural-like sound. So. Gotcha. And uh, it's got a dot nine eight. 980315 after it for some reason. Yeah, yeah I have no idea. My my Facebook is really old, but my TikTok is Carol Johnson Comedy. That's very easy. Oh, that's easier. I will I will get that and put that in the link. The, the yeah. Facebook and link. Carol Johnson LOL for Instagram. Those both of those are really easy. Cool. Uh, and you can watch me on ASY TV, the goddess of humor. So when is that? That is, it's on there all the time. It's a subscription TV channel. Okay, so. cool. Well, that's good to know. But if you could send me that, uh, I will put it in the description, make it nice and easy for people. I will find the TikTok. Great. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you being here and I wish you great success. And uh, if you have anything uh, that you feel like is a big thing you want to promote, please do come back or let me know about it and I will, I will push it for you. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This has been great. It's been my pleasure to have you here. And do please uh, stay in touch. And thanks. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. You too. Bye for now. Carol Johnson, folks. I hope you appreciate that. Um, Hashtag MindDogTV. Put that in if you want to get ready for the big spinoff. It's time for uh, to find out who the big contest winner is today. I don't think we have a lot of entries, do we? Let me see. where are the where's the entry page, folks? Oh, giveaway here. We only have one entry, so we know who the winner is. There's only one entry on this. Um, but, but, but let me just make sure of this hashtag hashtag. Yeah, we only have one entry, so we know who won that one. The only entry there is. Let's see. We'll we'll show the screen and find out who the one. I can't believe we only had one entry on this. Uh, people don't aren't interested in the giveaway, I guess. Share this. Let's see who it is. Uh, we can't even draw because with one entry, it's just gonna <laughs> it's gonna whoever it was. I guess it was uh, Chad. 
Chad is the big winner today. <laughs> we only had one entry. That's not going to work, folks. Um, hey, Mark, good to see you there. Uh, ro roll it over, dog. Roll it over to next. Yeah, I will. I'm going to roll it over. This is even that isn't even a contest. You're right. It's not a contest. Um, well, we will roll it over. Mark, it's good to see you. Mark from Russia. Uh, you guys got to get out of Ukraine, my friend. <laughs> uh, I don't want to make this political, but uh, we have somebody from Russia in the audience. I'm just wondering uh, what that's like. Anyway, congrats, Chad. Uh, you win a severed head in a box. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know about that, uh, Chad. That was an, an interesting uh, diversion this morning. The, the um, heads in a box and the, the uh, moon properties and all that kind of stuff. Very interesting stuff. I'm going to follow up on that. Maybe we'll make some phone calls for, on that. Tomorrow, Jackie Martling will be back with me uh, tomorrow for Coffee with the Dog. And then uh, I don't have a show tonight. I was expecting to be on Dystopia tonight. That's still kind of up in the air. I don't know where we are with that. But I will follow up on that and, and let you know. So that's the show for today. Thanks for coming. I got a lot to do. Lots of work to do. Got uh, places to go, people to see, things to do. Business, folks. Business stuff. So thanks for coming. Have a great rest of your day. And uh, remember to...
listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.